0: i say when it comes to stardom and lauren there are no accidents hi karen peterson hello everyone and welcome to episode 144 of citizen dame podcast also known as the season finale of america (laughs) uh yeah man what a week it's been what a year it's been this week i'm karen peterson joined as always by the amazing incomparable lauren Humphreys
1: brooks <laughs> hello hi oh uh, like, like we were saying before we started recording like they really jumped the shark this week like <laughs> it's you know it's just it's a little much it's the season finale is just going on for a little too long i think and uh and and we really i know that there's a lot of stuff that needs we need some narrative payoff but maybe we're trying to do a little too much in one storyline
0: Yep. It's the equivalent of when a season just like has 16 episodes when really they only needed 10 or 13 and they just keep it going. And it's like, yeah. you know, you guys can just cut it off now. It's fine. No one we will a, be mad.
1: We had a perfectly good climax with, you know, the, the, the results of the presidential election. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, we're going to end on a note of hope. But no, no, we just have to keep on going, apparently. It's just... <laughs> it's just yeah we need to close the narrative you know and and get on to the next season
0: (laughs) so lauren um where were you and what were you doing when the civil war ii almost broke out
1: (laughs) um i was trying to remember i think that i was i think that when i actually realized what was happening um i was working i was just like sitting there sitting there doing some edits and uh and then suddenly i like checked twitter and i was like They've breached the, the cat the, the what the who? who has breached the capital <laughs> Yeah. it was
0: it was interesting because I turned on CNN that morning and just had it on and I actually even commented to my coworker how annoying it is that all these things that we never pay attention to, all these procedural things are suddenly, things that get this crazy news coverage right now like the electoral college vote nobody nobody ever unless you're actually part of that process they've never televised that maybe C-SPAN has I don't I don't know but like CNN and MSNBC and all those guys they've never televised the electoral college vote before and uh and here they were televising congress certifying the electoral college vote which is basically just a formality not even basically it's just a formality and so i commented to my coworker, like gosh it's really dumb that they're that this is getting that much coverage now because we're there's people that have said they're going to oppose this and we just want to make sure that it's not too many people you know and uh so i had the news on and they kept cutting to the trump rally and showing things that he was saying and stuff and i was just like this is this is dangerous this is really bad they need to stop giving him (laughs) airtime and uh yeah so then i was i was just in the middle of doing stuff just going about my work day and glanced up at the tv and saw the pictures and was just like what the what the fuck like what (laughs) what is this what is happening right now and it's one of those weird things and i've thought about this a lot recently um just in general but it's it's just interesting how when you are watching historical moments happen they you don't really realize that that's what you're watching while it's happening and i've thought about that a lot in moments of like when the founders signed the declaration of independence you know or when hell and when, when the rioters threw tea into the boston harbor you know and and all these moments that we know about in history that we've read about in history books I've been thinking about what was it like to be there and to be one of those people either participating or just watching it from the sidelines did they know at the moment that it was happening that this was something that was going to be significant in in history at some point in the future and I don't think that they did and that's not why they did the things that they did a lot of times I mean obviously the founding of of the country they did but um but these certain specific moments, I don't, we don't think about the historical implications while they're unfolding. And, and I was just thinking about that while I was watching history start to unfold. I don't know. Yeah. It was very weird.
1: <laughs> it, it was very weird. And I, I think that, you know, I, I think that many of us, I, I remember saying on Twitter, just like, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I am shocked. Yeah. And, and I think that there is that distinction where sitting there just like, you know what? Yeah, this, this was kind of coming right? Something was going to happen. Um, and, and, you know, and we're not out of the woods yet either. I, I think that we're in a very dangerous period of history. But it, it, it was just like, this is really like something that it that is happening at this moment, it felt in some ways, not in quite the same existential despair kind of way. But it felt in some ways the way that the 2016 election felt. Mm-hmm. That is just like this, is this real this can't be real this is like this is not true like something else is going on here and and yeah it was that sensation just like jesus you know what yeah. what is happening um i remember I, and and this was a very small thing but i remember being quite frightened because um i was watching the the abc news feed on twitter as i was like trying to get some work done and i like kept clicking back and just like what is happening now But it it was a female, they like cut away from the anchor who's in the studio to a a woman who's on the ground who's a female reporter. And she's just standing there, she's like reporting on what's happening. And as she's talking, you can see the crowd in the background. As she's talking, this group of men just keeps on getting closer and closer and closer to her. And you can hear the change in her voice. And her cameraman began backing away and she kind of began following the cameraman the anchor's voice changes. It's like, they're still trying to talk and and have some sense of normalcy, but these men are just like getting around her. And I'm sitting there thinking, am I about to watch a reporter be assaulted on live television? Mm -hmm. And that was a very real possibility. Nothing happened. And I was very thankful for that, but it was that weird sensation. Like this is something that is happening right now at this moment. And I could watch this reporter be killed on camera. Like that's something that could happen and it's very surreal to have that that experience um yeah. and i can't imagine like what she was going through with people who are actually there were going through and watching all of this happen or being involved in it in some capacity but it, it was it's just like yeah it's it's unbelievable it is like a movie almost and like we were saying just like this is a little much for the finale <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah well and <sighs> Yeah. I mean, there's lots of evidence that not only is this not over, but that there are very specific things being planned for the next few days and, and weeks. And it's terrifying. It's it's so terrifying to, to watch this happen and to largely be so powerless to be able to do anything about it, you know? And I've spent the last few months uh, being really frustrated with people in my circle some of whom are probably listening to this right now um i don't know maybe they've stopped listening to me altogether but it's been really frustrating to to hear people say things like uh what's what's the harm in humoring him or well these guys just they deserve to be heard to you know this this rhetoric that Obviously, we see what the harm is. These guys, and I know there were people who didn't go in. There were people who wanted to march and maybe really, truly did not realize, or at the moment that they had to make that choice, decided not to go through with storming the Capitol. But there were a lot of people who went in, and there's so much evidence that they knew exactly what they were doing and that they were there to possibly take prisoners possibly even kill people they were willing to do that if it came to it they see this as uh as a a revolution there's lots of them on 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 recordings saying this is a revolution we're doing the right thing and it's terrifying the way people have just accepted this behavior um maybe now some of them are seeing that this has gone too far but But the fact that this was allowed to escalate to the point that we saw this week is, it's terrifying. And it's, I don't know, it's been really, it's been really hard to be someone who's been kind of, I
1: don't
0: want to say in the middle, but where I do have people that, and we've talked about this before, we talked about this right after the election. But it's like, I have people I love and care about who I don't believe that they really uh thought it would come to this i think that you know pe- certain people i know to them this is about like well i don't want to pay more taxes and stuff like that and it's the this shows why that line of thinking is so dangerous and why we have to take a stand against people who are inciting or even just you know talking about violent behaviors it's yeah there's a lot i want to say about this but um one thing i came across this morning this actually summed up kind of what i've been thinking about a lot this is from tim kane senator tim kane and um he had a whole tweet like a collection of posts this morning or i guess maybe this is like an essay or a letter or something that he wrote but um this one part he said was um a second human nature lesson is this, the, presen- the presence of evil is constant, but the success of evil depends upon a key variable, the degree to which people choose to be bystanders. And I think for me, that's that's what it's come down to is I've tried not to be a bystander in the last few years. I've tried to really start to to say, no, these things are right. These things are wrong. It's not always... you know there's not always middle ground it's not always very fine people on both sides and you need to be willing to say that and it's it's really scary how many people i know how many people we all know who still are willing to placate and still willing to make excuses for people who went and built gallows this week who went into the capitol chanting kill mike pence and i don't like mike pence <laughs> but he's the vice president of the united states and he was carrying out his constitutional duty and there are people that are okay or at least not outraged about what could very well have happened to him this week
1: yeah i i think that i i agree with all that you said i think that um it's they say it's it's surreal, but it's surreal, but it's real. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is actually something that happened, and that and that may continue to happen, and we have to be aware of that. And there are people in power, in positions of power as well, who have either allowed it to happen or encouraged it to happen. And that in itself, like none of this, none of this would have none of this would have happened really without Trump refusing to concede without Trump continuously reinforcing this whole concept that he that the election has been stolen from him. That, um, uh, you know, without all of these senators and representatives saying that, you know, they're gonna object to the electoral college. And I think for a lot of these people, this was political theater. This was like them trying to, you know, so sort of like, oh yeah, I stand with the president, you know, all of this shit. And what actually happened was something that was much more real and their lives were in danger too. That's something that I I don't know if any of them completely realize how much in danger every single person who's in that chamber was in, and that's a that's a thing too. You talk about Mike Pence, who's the vice president, who's Trump's vice president, right? And they're talking about hanging him. Yeah. And they would, and and you know what? I absolutely do not doubt if they had been able to get a hold of him, he would probably not be alive today.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And that so like these this is not a crowd that you can control this is not a, a thing that you can just use for political gain this is they will turn on you in an instant they're turning they turned on him they're hell they're even partially turning on trump now mm-hmm. and and everyone who has been involved in it, who's either been silent about it who ha- or has been who's tried to use it for political gain etc they are complicit in this and and you know what in a lot of ways that that includes a lot of the country
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you know it's it's funny because of course a lot of people have been like look at that they're it's you know the biggest um what's the word (laughs) i'm losing words again it must be saturday morning um super spreader like potential super spreader event because you had people coming in by the busloads you had people crowded into this there were thousands of people at the rally i don't know what the actual numbers were of how many marched down to the capitol um but it was a lot and people were were Uh, not even mocking but expressing concern about the fact that all these people are crowded together in a small space a lot of them very likely have COVID, have been recently exposed to it because a lot of them are anti-maskers and so they're they're trying to say like oh yeah so great they've created another super spreader and i'm thinking i'm watching all this video and i'm watching people say right into the camera their names and where they're from And I'm thinking, no, they're not just doing that because they don't believe in wearing masks. They're also not wearing masks because they don't think they have to, because they think that they have been given permission and they have been given permission by the president of the United States to do exactly what they're doing. They are marching on Washington and they think that they're right. And they think that there will not be punishment for this.
1: Yeah. And for some of them, there's not going to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now some of them have been arrested, uh, particularly some of the more major photo ops. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but you know, how much are they actually going to be punished for this? And you know, and I, I don't think that we should probably not get into it completely right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we are a film podcast, I think. Still, <laughs> uh, it's awfully hard to be sometimes.
0: <laughs> We're also American citizens, and you know, True. we have a platform. Yeah. And if you don't want to hear us talk about a uh, political political stuff right now then maybe listen next week
1: yeah uh also if you're a fascist i don't know how you're listening to us at all um <laughs> like i've yeah. no clue just like do you just like being angry or something like i yeah i don't know maybe you do okay uh thanks fascist no i won't say that <laughs> adding to our numbers it's like it's like all the assholes who sometimes retweet me to to just dis- to like call me names just like thank you for spreading my platform more widely thank you so much so nice um anyways i don't know what my point was uh it's great i love this uh yeah it's the the whole the whole event is is crazy and and it is and you know what we're our film podcast it is like something out of the movies it is like it's like the purge or something i don't know it's very it's it's something that you kind of expect to see in a movie like that
0: yeah well that's the thing is movies do reflect the world around us not always literally in fact often not literally but they do and just to your point too i mean that crowd looking for pence looking for pelosi looking for some of these other people they would have they would have killed them if they'd found them because that's what mobs that's what that you know when you get a frenzied mob going they they lose sight of themselves and we've seen that not just in you know narrative films but we've seen that in countless documentaries where people just get whipped up and they they lose their humanity in that moment and
1: and no one can control them. Right. Um, at, at a certain point, you can't have that. You know, this one charismatic leader who was able to control that mob. You can't control that. No. And um, and in some ways, I think that a lot of a lot of the time, and I don't think that that was that that's necessarily what was happening here, because I think that at least a number of the Republican senators, um, and maybe even Trump himself, believed at some level that they could control what was happening, that this could be controlled chaos at some level, and. It, it can't be like, and that was obvious because they were not just targeting—they um, were not just targeting Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They were targeting like Pence. They were targeting—they're mm-hmm. targeting. I mean, they were just destroying the Capitol because they could, right? That yeah. was basically what was happening. Um, and and you can't—you know—someone standing up and being like, "No wait everybody calm down!" It's like, no, this is this is a riot. This is—you can't calm them down at this point. Exactly. Um, the, you know, the only thing, I, I don't know what you can do, really. What you need to do is to bring in um, the National Guard, which they finally did, to bring in the police, which is this is their fucking job. I don't know why they're going out shooting Black Lives Matter protesters, but not going after these assholes. Um, and, and, you ha- and arrest everybody, like basically crack down on them and say like, this is not acceptable. We, are, we, do, not, we do not do this mm-hmm. in a civilized society
0: yeah and unfortunately we saw this week that too many of us are not living in a civilized society yeah so let's talk a little bit about uh how this ties into propaganda and what we've seen some of the symbolism and imagery people have been using to make their political points in the real world um because we saw a lot of that (laughs) this week we see a lot of it in general but we've seen a lot of that this week
1: yeah i i kind of got set off i think the day the day after all of this and you know and and it is kind of like okay how do you talk about movies at a time like this yeah. right um but one of the things that i that i began thinking about because a number of people were like you know oh i'm i'm judging you if you're um if you're still trying to tweet about movies or something and i was just like well but let's actually talk about the, the what we saw and what films represent and what media represents generally um media is propaganda film is propaganda in its own way all of it all you know we've said it before film is art and all art is political so you you can't simply remove yourself from this conversation and be like okay well um you know just don't talk about film right now because it's not important so it's like but it is because it's a part of this whole cultural zeitgeist it's part of our society it's part of the way we communicate with each other and the way that we understand things so it's no mistake that we're sitting here going like it, it was like watching a movie in in the weirdest possible way um and except except that it was real but i think that it's really important to note that the people who are doing this understand themselves as the hero of their own story and i noticed and in, in like some of the merchandise these people fucking produced merchandise for this um and some of the merchandise that they the people were wearing they were like wearing t-shirts and things like that that said things like you know maga civil war and it was in the captain america civil war font like they were using the logo
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, as a part of their march. And I think that it's really important that we spend some time thinking about what, what films produce, what films sort of contribute to not just the imagery that we kind of create out of, um, out of them but and, and out of real life, but how they inform the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we think about other people. And one of the things that has driven me crazy about a lot of criticism, particularly recently, is that I feel like a lot of critics have abrogated their responsibility to actually discuss what films do. There's been much more of this, like, I liked it, I didn't like it. It's just like, okay, well, that's fine, whatever. But what does it mean? Like, when you watch Captain America, you know, beat up Ultron or something like that, what does that mean? What are we looking at? right who is representative of what is good in us and what is bad in us um and and i do think that a lot of the people who are participants in in things like what happened at the capitol understand this at some level um they understand they understand some of the 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 things that Goebbels said during the use of Hitler's Minister of Propaganda, right? Which is that media and film and imagery means something. Showing an image of um, a stormtrooper means something, and I'm saying that both in the Star Wars context and in the <laughs> Nazi context, right? <laughs> yeah. That actually does mean something, and and it's it's about how we understand each other. And so as critics. I know that it's very easy to say, like, well, what we do isn't really important. It is incredibly important, but it's the way that we do it that's important. It can't just be, I, you know, this. I give this movie three stars because I like Star Wars. It's like, okay, what does this movie do? Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? And who is using this imagery in order to burgeon up their own um, their own form of propaganda?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't want to relitigate or litigate the Marvel cinematic universe or or any specific parts of it. But um going along with what you're just saying about Captain America Civil War, for example, when that film came out, I remember for months even leading up to the release, there were all the there was a lot of marketing that was like hashtag team cap or hashtag team Tony. And you had to like choose which side you were on before you even knew what they were fighting for, you know. And and so it it really was focusing on the popularity contest between Captain America and Iron Man, basically. But if you watch that film, it really is about what is the responsibility of the Avengers who have all these superpowers and the ability to wield them whenever they want. And should they be allowed to or should they be reined in? It actually is a very political film that was boiled down into some you know fun quote unquote marketing gimmicks and i think that that is part of just to your point i think that's part of the the bigger issue of what uh film criticism film viewership in general but particularly film criticism has become and i've said this a lot we've talked about this a lot over the last few years that so many people who call themselves film critics these days they're not really critics because they're not really critiquing and evaluating and contextualizing the art of film they're just they're influencing they're saying this one's worth watching and it's good this one's not worth watching and it's bad and sometimes they'll give some reasons why, but it's boiled down to things like, well, the acting's not good, or this director makes bad choices, or the cinematography is dark, you know, that kind of thing. And they don't really take the time to evaluate and really dive into a lot of the themes of the, of these films, these television shows. And I think a big part of that And I know that some people are listening right now and they're probably going to be offended by it. And I'm sorry if people are offended, but I'm not sorry for what I'm going to say. But I think a big part of the problem is that people just have not learned how to critically evaluate and critically consider themes in a way that is meaningful and impactful. And so we end up boiling everything down to a star rating or a rotten or or a fresh you know and it really does such a disservice not only to entertainment but does such a disservice to filmmakers who uh, who have really put in the time to create art it does a disservice to people who are seeking out art who maybe not in the industry but people who really want to watch good stuff uh, it, it does a disservice to them to not really be able to talk about what works and what doesn't and why you know one of the reasons that I wanted to become a film critic and I've I dreamed of becoming a film critic from the time I was a child and it wasn't something I thought I could do because girls weren't critics back then you know and um, one of the reasons was because it was like I I would watch a film and I would sometimes really love it sometimes really hate it a lot of times not really be sure exactly what I felt about it and also not able to articulate why and then I would go and read a really insightful review and it would help me really really suss out my own feelings about something and that's what criticism should be doing and we're we're not uh we're not always doing our job properly and I mean that as a collective we not you and me we
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I mean, I I think that it's very tempting to sometimes, and I do this sometimes in reviews where you're just like, did I like it or did I not like it, right? Um, And there are some films I think that lend themselves to individual analysis more than others. And so there's some things that I'm more interested in than I am in other things. And and that's fine. I think that the the whole point is to always have to to have a multiplicity of interpretations and to actually have a number of people who are going to go into what a film does and how it does it and why it does it and and what what it means right and and i do think that 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 analytical nature of things is is missing i think that the one of the other problems is that a number of the films that we just addressed and a number of the films that you know we're talking about in terms of, of propaganda are not art films right this is so we're and they're not even you know big budget art films in the sense of something like um tenet or 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 uh, or parasite or dunkirk or um anything like that these are superhero movies right one of the things that bothered me i remember about some of the discussions surrounding captain america civil war was that the breakdown of it was usually it's like well captain america's right because he's captain america it's like but isn't captain america basically arguing for like the Avengers to be completely separate from any sort of oversight Mm -hmm. like no like essentially saying we're going to have a class of supermen i mean i do i need to make the historical reference to that i don't know uh (laughs) um so that we're gonna have a class of supermen who decide what is good for us and what isn't based upon their own understanding right and Mm -hmm. and it's like and i'm sorry if you're captain america you're still a human being you're not a god or anything like that and you have your own little hang-ups and problems and i was always really bothered with the la not not necessarily that people were like oh captain america is right captain america is wrong i think there are arguments to be made but that there was very little actual argument it was just like well no obviously because tony's the worst it's just like but i i think tony might have a point here not necessarily <laughs> yeah. that he's 100 percent correct but he might have a point and this might be something that we should discuss but there wasn't a lot of that
0: yeah well it's this is something i've actually talked a lot about with people recently too is this this uh ignorance i guess that people have about you know we see this so much with our with the government with voters and also with the people who are elected to serve that there's sort of this constant present time thinking you know there's not a lot like we make these decisions and it's for what's going to satisfy us now what's going to accomplish what we want right now and not thinking through okay well if we do this what precedent are we setting what is that going to mean down the road and so in a film like captain america civil war for steve he's thinking from from the perspective of like hey we're all good people who have the world's interests at heart he's not thinking about what happens down the road when something really bad happens and someone doesn't have the right intentions and the right motives and the the people at heart you know and we have so much of that in the world and uh
1: yeah <laughs> and and as critics i think that it is our it's our job the the job of criticism should be to actually analyze this stuff yeah and to talk about what it means and not necessarily to say i'm team cap i'm team tony that's like who cares that is marketing that's pr right Mm -hmm. um which is not i know that this surprises people that's not our job (laughs) no it's not (laughs) um but Yeah, and and this is again why we have talked about the issues of diversity and criticism, one of the reasons why diversity and criticism is so important is because you, you need a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. Talking about the same thing you're talking about the same film and you're producing these interpretations so that we can understand the way that the film works understand what it means to different groups of people and to different individuals and where it succeeds and where it fails and where we might have concerns about it um again and i I do think that this is one of the reasons why we need not only to study and understand film history and how film relates to history um but also how those that understanding then applies to our current moment um i've talked a lot about uh the krakauer's book uh, from caligari to hitler that's you know in some ways it's it's a it is a dated analysis um it was written i think just post <laughs> uh world war 2 but it's a very good analysis and it is very obvious if you watch films from that period and you know the direction that germany is going um, it, it makes sense, right? What Krakauer is talking about makes sense. And it's really, really obvious because we know what Nazism looks like. We know what fascism looks like. We know the history of what happened in Germany in the 1930s and then into the forties. Um, and I think that one of the reasons why it's important for us as critics to read things like that or to pay attention to that is that it makes it really obvious, right? It's easy to process. It's easy to understand what he's talking about because we, if, if you just sit down and watch those movies, We need to then take those kinds of concepts and apply them to our current moment what are we saying in the sudden glut of superhero films that have come out um i remember back during uh, the beginning of the iraq war and the um revelations about what was going on in abu Ghraib and uh and guantanamo there were suddenly a lot of films coming a lot of horror films coming out that were about torture and torture porn and there was a number. There are a number of critics who are actually doing the analysis of like, why is this something that we're talking about right now? Uh, and you know, it became pretty obvious why it was something we were talking about right now. This is part of the cultural experience. This is part of what we are thinking about and what we're experiencing. I think America, in particular, has been going through a crisis, and our films are expressing that crisis. And we need to sit down and analyze them and talk about them in light of all of that. Uh, we can't just ignore it and say i you know i liked it i didn't like
0: it yeah well i mean in the vein of superhero movies and also current events and everything you know last week we talked all about wonder woman 1984 and it's you know a lot of people who really liked the film ourselves included a lot of people who really liked the film though looked at it as like wow it's this antidote for what's happening right now we need this right now it's just this fun sort of escapist movie and if you think it's just that then you missed a whole lot of context of the film and some very specific references patty jenkins is making to people taking power that they don't deserve and uh and the political ramifications for that globally Um, and yeah of course some of it is is not delved into as deeply as it could or should be but but it's a very pointed story with very specific message that's not just about escaping the horrors of the the year that we just came from it's a very clear message about the world that we're currently living in
1: yeah and and it's so important to note that and it's so important to pay and to pay attention to what it does well and what it doesn't and the problems that it has and who are the bad guys and who are the good guys and the way that that is represented and the way that that is built throughout the film um a, another film in the same vein that i was thinking about earlier partially because people keep on talking about the fucking egg sandwich and <laughs> it is exhausting me because something that i really enjoyed has now become like oh god just please shut up about the egg sandwich but <laughs> but it, it was something that, that came to me the other day in terms of talking about birds of prey which is probably my top film of the year mm-hmm. uh but um i i was thinking about the number of male critics who could not stop talking about the egg sandwich? Like this was the only thing that happened in the film. And while a number of female critics wrote about it and talked about it, and we, you know, I even defended its use at one point. I was just like, "Look, this is like important in Harley's arc, etc." But one of the things that I, that I began thinking of was like, you know, this is a film that numerous female commentators, critics, etc., have talked about as being deeply meaningful to them. And all you can think to talk about is the fucking egg sandwich. And and I know I've noticed as a number of male critics essentially refusing to grapple with what the film does what the film is actually about about issues of female friendship about issues of assault and and male violence and patriarchy and all of these things and instead they're just focusing on this one element that is kind of funny and cute and whatever but it's not particularly it's not really important in the full arc of the film it's not the most important thing yeah And this again is why we need diversity in film criticism but why we also need male critics people in power right white white people white male critics straight white male critics cisgendered people all of all of that um to actually interrogate like maybe not necessarily why does it work or not work for me, but why are other people having a reaction to this so intensely. uh it saw something similar when someone was was talking about um again and this was a very light thing but i think it it expresses something that was much that goes much deeper in a lot of ways talking about like how you how we love um you know characters like amy and gone girl or um uh, and i can't remember the character's name in midsummer right and number of people were like oh this is just you know, this is stupid, this is like, they're villains, they're not good people. It's like, you know, you might want to consider why so many women look at these films and go like, good for her. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying it's positive or healthy. I'm not even necessarily saying that I agree with it. But you might want to think about it a little bit and talk about it a little bit more. Um, And I think that it's important for all of us to do that. And by all of us, I mean, all not me and you not, you know, Uh, people of color not women of color not trans critics not white male critics etc everybody yeah to actually have these conversations
0: yeah absolutely well and that's one thing that we've talked about a lot too i mean we've talked about all of this a lot and it feels like a lot of themes have kind of come to a head (laughs) this week altogether but um you know it's not that we want to replace white male voices with women with women of color it's it's not about replacing it. diversity is about expanding and i mean there are some i would like to replace but <laughs> we'll keep names out of it um but yeah it's it's really because there's room for everybody there's room for lots of school of thought and when you have more diverse voices and you have more people adding to the conversation you can have these meaningful conversations when people are willing to it becomes less about well this is this is the interpretation and i am correct and more about oh well this is how i saw it you know it's interesting that you didn't see it the same way and you know i love one of the one of the things i love to do is when i see a film or a tv show that i'm it's about people who don't look like me and i'm not sure how to feel about it i love to go and read what other people have said about it you know uh i don't know that this is a great example but (laughs) i started watching the show your honor this week which is on showtime it has brian cranston um it's basically he plays this judge who is supposed to be all like this Big major ally guy. He's all for like helping people. And his son is involved in an accident in which someone dies and he is terrified and he flees the scene. And so this now, this judge is now in a situation where he wants to help his son do the right thing. But then when he finds out who it was that died, it becomes very complicated. And so he's helping his son cover up the crime and they end up making a lot more mistakes. Well, Uh, as i'm watching it this accident that happens literally the entire reason there's a crime to cover up in the first place is because this white kid is afraid because he's in this neighborhood that he doesn't live in and he's he's doing something it's a tribute to someone and he gets approached although they never speak to him but he's approached sort of by this group of black men and he panics he freaks out he gets in the car and drives away and um it was just such a weird thing watching this happen because i'm just like wait are you telling me that the whole reason this show exists is because some white kid is afraid of a bunch of black men with no context whatsoever And we don't even know if there's a reason he should be afraid of them this seems really odd and so i wanted to know what other people thought about it you know especially what did black viewers think about this and it was interesting because the, re- the reactions that I saw in general to the show, not about that specific inciting incident, but in general with the show, was actually kind of all over the place. And it made it really interesting to read what lots of different people um, thought about about that and how they interpreted and how they reacted to it. And I think that's as such a... Um, succinct example of what we've been talking about and why we need lots of different voices and why people are not you know we don't all see things the same way women don't all see every you know visualization of of women the same way you and i don't always agree on everything although it seems like lately we agree on most things more and more but i'm sure we'll find something don't worry yeah the the year is young um but, yeah, we you know, it's it's good to have lots of lots of thought and lots of of um, opinions and ideas. And I think it just makes the world richer. It makes our viewing richer. It makes the things that we have available to us to view richer as well.
1: yeah, we we need to try to think about things from each other's perspectives and and not take over each other's perspectives. I think that that's the other danger is that you begin telling you know nothing drives me more crazy than a white male critic telling me how i feel about a film <laughs> yeah uh but but to actually try to look at it from other people's perspectives and and again to listen to to say like okay this this bothers me and maybe i want to go read a few other people that i trust i want to read black critics about this i want to read um you know lesbian critics about this because i want to see how how they react to it and what their feelings are about it because they have a different life experience than i do they're in a different category of people than i am and i want to try to expand my understanding and again not tell them how they're supposed to feel but understand why they feel the way that they do And, and again that doesn't mean that we have to agree with everybody obviously but take people's perspectives seriously and and you know what and sometimes you can find a perspective and you're just like i disagree with that and here's why like right and that's when you get an interesting conversation going Mm -hmm. um we have become very binary it's either you're right or you're wrong we sort of and and you know what i i've written a lot of film analysis i wrote a lot in college and in graduate school i've sometimes gone back to some of those papers and been like man i was wrong like (laughs) jesus christ that is a terrible interpretation um (laughs) because my perspective has changed because i've grown i'm older i have i have different perspectives on things i no longer analyze films exactly the same way that i did when i was 21 you know that as as it should be uh and all of that is important and it's important to listen to to everybody else but also to not listen to fascists we should not respect their opinions well speaking of
0: film and opinions about film and stuff like that and and why we need diversity and stuff um there was an article that came out was this yesterday i don't even know time has no meaning anymore
1: this this was actually the reporter. yesterday yeah the hollywood yeah. reporter article on parasite
0: yeah um so this is by scott roxborough uh <laughs> it has changed the name the title of the article changed last night after there was an outcry um but it's about parasite and whether parasite winning um has quote ushered in a broader acceptance of genre in the category um that's I can't remember not what the original. What <laughs> yeah i can't remember what the original title was it, was it had the like word odd in it
1: a broader acceptance of odd films yeah <laughs> that's that's and that's what a lot of people grabbed onto he he actually has some interesting not necessarily interesting points interesting conversation in in the article um but of course everyone was just like oh you mean the movie that is not in english and is not about white people that that movie uh yeah it, it was it, it kind of it was a minor kerfuffle in some ways i think because um there were other things that people were more excited about yesterday
0: yeah it was like the best time he could have dropped such a weird article
1: <laughs> yeah but it's it, it it's not about genre it, it is about um it and i and i do i'm not going to say that i agree with him i do think that there's been a shift and the shift has happened over the past couple of years where obvious oscar bait films uh have not received the major awards and i think you can go you can go back to you know moonlight winning over la la land um shape of water winning parasite winning um and those films are not yes that they're they're more diverse films um directed and written and starring non-white people um or about not focusing on white people con- uh, entirely about different stories queer stories um strange strange kind of fairy tale narratives etc uh so i i think that there has definitely been a shift it's not odd it's only odd in the sense that we think about mainstream movies in a particular way and oscar winners in a particular way and that has definitely changed
0: yeah well and he specifically at least in part of this article he specifically is talking about the international feature category and he starts off in his opening paragraph saying parasite has blown open the doors of the international feature category long thought to be the purview of solemn message movies to the experimental and the strange first of all that's a weird misplaced uh comma but um anyway (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing so i started looking i'm like okay well let's look at some of the films that have been nominated in this category i should pull up the short list actually but it's like in this category in the last few years you've got um there are definitely message movies but you've also got things like on body and soul which is this weird um i can't i don't even know how to describe that one did you ever see it it was the hungarian film from a couple years ago and it's no, like, I never
1: saw it takes
0: place in this slaughterhouse and it's this couple that are not even a couple but these two people who um sort of a couple it's like this weird sort of quasi romance movie and they communicate to each other in their dreams like that's when they meet up it's like oh yeah look at them i mean i'm sure there's a great message in there but you know it's like that's not the point of it um shoplifters you know it has a lot to say about you know class and poverty and and family but it's also not this you know it's like i'm just looking at these specific movies and thinking what what is he talking about <laughs> uh the insult you know it's i, I don't i don't know <laughs> i
1: i do i do think that it is a kind of a i i think that it's a particular view of what are oscar films and what aren't and it's not necessarily based in reality mm-hmm. um like, like i say that the, there's an idea of what an oscar worthy film looks like and an idea of what it doesn't look like and i but what i find really i don't know what i find very bizarre about this generally is that when i saw parasite i was like oh yeah this is like this is an oscar film like that's what i thought i was like this is the kind of this should be nominated this should definitely be nominated for some oscars um for a multitude of reasons first of all it's a great film uh second of all the sudden tonal shifts i think are fascinating and um and very much like it it kind of i'm not gonna say elevates it but it changes it from from you know a more roach or straightforward thriller or drama to something much more interesting um and those tonal shifts work really well that that's the other thing that the parasite does so well is is that there are tonal shifts but they fit together uh they make sense with each other and even though there are these turns it doesn't feel like you're being jarred out of the movie in any sense it's still all of a piece and that's you know and it's not surprising um, that that this is so well done, but so I yeah I guess sitting there watching just uh, thinking about thinking about what he thinks an Oscar movie is just seems to be um, the issue at stake here. I will say again, please stop referring to Shape of Water as the fish fucking movie. Oh, I know, um, I'm so tired of that. It is so it is so reductive. I know that people are doing it as a joke, but it, it it's just exhausting if you're a grown-ass person stop referring to it like that because it's really it's getting really offensive
0: (laughs) well and just in general stop referring to any movie in just the most reductive like catchphrase way you know it's it's so yeah it's it really does a disservice to film even if it's a film you don't like you don't have to like every movie but at least be fair to it and what it's doing and yeah but as far as as this particular article and what he's saying about this year's crop of international features you know this year more than any other i've actually been um usually i try to at least see the films that are uh shortlisted which there's 10 every year they get uh they're you know every country is allowed to make their official submission each country can only submit one they have to choose what they think is the most (laughs) should be what they feel is like their best film of of the year but of course it's usually the one that they think they can get nominated for an oscar a lot of countries do it that way um because it's like sometimes i'll see a couple of films from a country and i'm like why did you pick that one this one is so much better oh but that one has an american known star in it or that kind of thing you know um or a director that we recognize or something like that but um I don't know, this year I've especially gotten to see a lot more of the submissions, the official Oscar submissions, um, than I have in a while. In fact, just last night I was watching Night of Kings, Night of the Kings, which is from the Ivory Coast. Um, and so it's it's really been interesting to see this wide range of films, and a lot of them are genre films, because I don't usually get to see as many Of the submissions i don't know if this is a usual like if this is kind of a snapshot of how it usually looks or not so i can't compare it but what i will say is that it's i don't know just reading reading this article was frustrating to me because it's like yeah sure he's calling out some really great stuff but it's so dismissive of things that have come before you know and we see we see that a lot in general with film critics and and i think maybe part of it is just too many people or too few people trying to write too much of the the content that goes out but we really don't take the time to look at anything beyond oh well this was an audience favorite at such and such festival you know it's like let's really look at the themes let's look at what's happening with so many of the films that were submitted this year and why these films were submitted and how so many of them seem to kind of follow similar tones and um is it because a movie like parasite not only one international feature but also one best picture is has that really changed anything about the films that are being made because most of these were released before parasite ever won because they were released in their home countries as early as late 2019 you know so
1: maybe maybe uh, it's more that it's making them contenders Um, and and i do i do kind of agree with that at the level i think the parasite like i say i think that it's been a continuum i don't think that that parasite represents a break um but the fact that parasite which is a non-english language film it is not directed by um an american director or a hollywood director or anything um or a european director for that matter and that it won not just best international feature but it won best picture mm-hmm. uh that has definitely shifted the paradigm a little bit uh and i think the and in a very good way, right? Um, but it, it is definitely part of a continuum of the last couple of years, where what have been Oscar contenders has changed um, in in fairly marked ways. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think that may you know he may be right in the sense that these that there are more films that are going to be contenders and are going to be serious contenders that were kind of breaking through some of the English language, white dominated, American and European dominated paradigms, but, um, and again, this is always a good thing, because the more diverse films that we get, we get to see a lot of more interesting films, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah oh yeah and that's the thing it's like i've seen some stuff this year that i've just been like wow i wouldn't have had the opportunity to see this film if it wasn't nominated (laughs) or not nominated but if it wasn't submitted because we just don't have a market for anything that's not you know like oscar worthy or whatever yeah um which that's such a limited perspective of the world in general but also when you boil every country in the world down to just one film that they choose it's like you know i would love to see you know lesotho i think i'm saying that correctly it was this was the first year that they ever submitted a film and i saw the film that they submitted back at sundance and it was (laughs) this is kind of a funny story um it was one that i did not know what to think about it i there there were no reviews of it yet i saw the first screening of it and i was trying to write about it and i was just like you know what i honestly don't know enough context about this part of the world to even know if this is really doing justice to the political landscape there you know i don't i don't know enough about the mythology and anything about this this country to really smartly write about it but um and this is what i said in my review and i was just like but this is why we need to see and experience international films because it exposes us to all kinds of of ideas and styles and people and um you know art that we normally wouldn't ever get to experience and so i can't personally say this movie is great or this movie is bad because i don't have enough context but i'm really glad that i saw it and then a few days later i was standing in line for something and you know you start talking at film festivals with people back when those were a thing uh and you know you start talking with the next person oh what have you seen that you liked and and this lady uh that i was talking to she's like yeah i saw this film from this African country. And I don't even remember where it was from, but I was watching it. Cause I was, I read this review where this person was like, I don't even know if this was good, but it was worth watching. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I wrote that. <laughs> and she was like, you wow. did. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> um, sorry. Wow. That was just that's a fun cool. little, yeah. It was just a crazy moment, but that's the thing. It's like, I now since that time I've gotten to read what other writers have said much more smartly and and uh with much more context than I had uh about it but um but I stand by that like I couldn't really give it a the review that it deserved but I still wanted to encourage people to see it because I do think that we need to experience stuff from all over the world it just makes our Our own experiences and our own viewing so much richer, you know? And I, uh, yeah, Yeah. I've gotten to experience some really cool stuff this year. And so it's like, as much as I'm irritated by the tone of the way that this article first went out and the way that it was uh, described and using odd to talk about parasite winning, um, I do think that if, if this article encourages people to watch films like Jali Katsu, which is the Indian film, then that's that's good. You know, I I would be very happy. Which, by the way, that's on Amazon Prime. You should check it out. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but streaming is the devil, obviously. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Nothing ever good comes out of streaming. It's not like, <laughs> mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> i don't know let's let's just kind of wrap things up by talking about some things that we've been watching this week that were not cnn and (laughs) (laughs) msnbc
1: uh i well i just really wanted to mention quickly so the day that all of this happened i had woken up in the morning been like oh you know what i'm gonna watch today because i've wanted to see it and it's on criterion channel and i really want to watch it um riot in cell block 11 uh then i did not watch it because stuff happened but i finally i finally did watch it uh yesterday actually and it's it's a very good film it's a don siegel film from uh 1954 it was actually filmed in folsom prison um and and it, it's about a prison riot and it's about a prison riot um that takes place in the solitary confinement block of the prison um and is, is essentially supposed to be like a, a kind of um showing how prisoners are treated and and the the whole point of the riot itself is that they want more humane treatment essentially uh they want prison reform and and the way that they're going about it is is by um essentially taking over this cell block taking guards hostages and, and asking for concessions um and it's a really interesting film and in terms of um know in terms of as we've been talking about the political issues that films present one of the things that i really liked about it is that it does definitely try to to sort of show both sides to show the experiences of the warden particularly and of the guards um as well as the prisoners and sort of say like everybody is kind of locked into a system that is not working and needs to be changed. And how do you get it changed? And the whole point of the film ultimately is that the public needs to insist upon changes. Um, But it's a fascinating film. It's very short, actually. It's only about 80 minutes long, Uh, very intense. Uh, I do not necessarily recommend watching it right now because it definitely gave me weird dreams as a result of everything else that's been going on. Um, But it's a fantastic film and it's on the Criterion channel right now.
0: Awesome very cool uh this week one of the films that i watched speaking of uh, international films was blizzard of souls which is this year's latvian um submission for the oscars and it is a world war one film it's basically about this young boy he's like 16 and he uh his like it's when the german army is starting to come through Latvia and he ends up originally he and his father but the, his father doesn't make it very far um end up joining the militia um as part of it's like sort of an offshoot of the Russian army to fight back against the Germans and it was interesting because I had just watched rewatched All Quiet on the Western Front in preparation for a podcast I guested it on last week and um which of course that film was fascinating because it's from 1930 and it's this really um realistic look at world war one and the horrors of war in general and so to watch this film which takes place in the same time period but from a different part of the world and to watch a film that is so much about this is a based on true story it's based on a book um from someone's experience and it's apparently a really well-known story in latvia and so to see a film that's about this war but not from the perspective that we as americans know and not from the perspective of like oh americans went in and saved everyone you know and and it just it was really fascinating it's heartbreaking they're you know like most good war movies are and it's really hard to watch it's it's brutal it's unrelenting but it also is just such a a really um a really good story that i'm so glad i got to see and it's a perspective that i had never known and honestly had not really taken a lot of time prior to really even consider so um that one i'm i'll have to look it up i'm not sure if it's available to stream anywhere right now yeah how about you what else <laughs>
1: well i also last night i watched emma uh finally the the new one the new version which Mm. i really liked i had not gotten to see i really enjoyed it it was a nice it was honestly a nice diversion Mm. uh and also you get to see johnny flynn's butt so i was i was all for it yeah i I had a good i it's a fun film and i actually one of the things i really liked about it is that it, it the cast is very close in age to the actual ages of the characters Um, which was nice to see it was like all of that sort of young adulthood you know young people sort of being very intensely you know feeling very intensely doing dumb shit things because i think you know if you've ever read emma or seen any of the films of emma she's an idiot like she is a teen she's a dumb teenage girl who thinks that she knows everything Mm -hmm. um and and yeah so i i really liked it i thought that it was fun
0: I wish I'd liked that one more. I, it's very pretty, so yes, pretty. The production pretty. design and the costumes are gorgeous, um, and some of the characters and the actors I thought were great, like Bill Nye as as the dad, and um, I'm blinking on who else is in it, but I don't know. For me, it, I don't know. Anya Taylor Joy just felt too cold and detached for me. I was just like, this just she doesn't feel like Emma to me.
1: Mm, well. It's okay that you're wrong. Yeah,
0: no, I'm sorry. well. I'm not wrong. It's all right for you to it's, be wrong. It's all right for you to like stuff that's not great. <laughs> sometimes it's fine.
1: It's all <laughs> right for you not to like things that are really good. I'm not saying that it's a great film by any means, but mm-hmm. I did I did enjoy watching it, and I think that definitely part of it was um, just kind of a respite from everything. And, oh yeah, and that definitely. was nice in itself. Yeah,
0: definitely. That um, was why I decided to watch birds of prey last week but of course that happened before world events happened or country events I don't even know national events with worldwide implications to them <laughs> uh however we want to classify it but yeah this week I, I just I did some of that you know I rewatched um birds of prey I rewatched ghostbusters <laughs> like it was just kind of one of those I need to just watch women be awesome. So, yeah. And then the other one that I watched last night, I mentioned already, Night of the Kings, La Nuit des Rois from the Ivory Coast and it's um it's set in this prison, which is a real prison that exists in the Ivory Coast and it's actually built in a forest. It's in the middle of a forest, so it's like one of those situations where even if you were to escape, there's really not anywhere to go. Um but and I'm not totally sure It was funny because someone else had tweeted this that was also at the screening Um, and I was just like yes that's how I feel too but it was just like I wasn't sure similar to the Lesotho film I wasn't sure if I fully understood what was happening (laughs) and I wasn't sure that I got the story completely but I was so mesmerized by it it's gorgeously shot the cinematography is amazing and the basic premise is that um in this prison basically the inmates are kind of running the show there are guards but the, the inmates kind of just set their own rules and um have created sort of this this system this like ruling system where there's this one guy who's in charge and everybody listens to whatever he does and says but he's about to die and so he selects this new kid who's just brand new and just shows up that day and like it's this blood moon and so he tells this kid you have to tell a story and um you have to be our new storyteller and this is where i got a little bit lost because i was like okay i don't understand like is this something that he's just gonna have to do forever or is it just for tonight i don't really know but basically it comes out pretty early on that if he stops telling his story before the night's over they will kill him and um so he's so it gets into a little bit of of surrealism because it also goes into showing and like uh, portraying the story that he's telling and stuff and so it goes back and forth and um it's it's uh it's interesting it's a good one and uh yeah it's it's gonna be released soon i was at like a an academy screening or something for it but um yeah it's another one of those where it's like even if i don't fully understand what's happening or why i i just i love i love seeing films from parts of the world that i don't have a lot of experience with
1: yeah i was uh i I actually wound up missing that when it was on a, a new york film festival but that was one that i had wanted to see uh but that sounds interesting it's
0: beautiful gorgeous yeah so if you get another chance to watch it, i highly recommend it i
1: will definitely
0: <laughs> i'm just scrolling through um letterboxd and someone t- someone messaged or wrote a review <laughs> that says completely baffling but at least in a way that's always intriguing
1: <laughs> it's like yep yep that's true <laughs> oh i like films like that when you come to the end of it you're just like i have no idea what's going oh. on but i kind of liked it me and a lot of david lynch films like (laughs) i have ha ha it's the the simpsons episode ha ha brilliant i have no idea what's going on
0: (laughs) yep exactly but yeah no it's good stuff so watch lots of films watch films that you don't even think you're necessarily gonna like and just see what happens you might be surprised that's my message
1: for today highly agree
0: and don't support terrorists and don't defend insurrectionists who try to take over the government <laughs>
1: uh that's that's a great like ending message i think i think yeah. watch more films don't support insurrectionists who try to take over the government <laughs> that is where we are at the beginning if of you take away two things from
0: this podcast <laughs> let it be those <laughs>
1: that is where we are at the beginning
0: of 2021 yeah well um we would like to thank everyone who does support this show um by listening even when you don't agree with us um but especially when you do um but we'd also like to thank our patrons who do literally help us keep things going um thank you so much to everyone as always um new patron ali so thank you so much we also have she is joining matt heather adriana michael james katie carriotta mason matthew michelle monty nanina nicole robert sharon steve Tao, and will so thank you all so much for your support it means so much to us if you would like to join them you can go to our patreon patreon.com slash citizen dame and uh lots of fun stuff there lots of other fun stuff that is coming in very short order i know we keep saying this but then the world keeps trying to fall apart so you know we're getting there uh we also have our co-fi if you just want to kick a couple of dollars in but don't want to commit to anything um we also appreciate that so much it's co-fi.com slash citizen name and you can get masks and t-shirts and all kinds of fun swag at the zazzle store Zazzle.com slash Citizen Dame pod. In addition to that, you can reach out to us lots of different ways. We are on Twitter and Instagram at citizendamepod. You can email us directly, Citizen Dame pod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website, citizendamepod.com, where I promise this week there will be a review of Wonder Woman 1984 and some other stuff i'm probably going to write another essay about promising young woman because even though i wrote a review last year i still have a lot more to say about it so and hopefully lauren you'll get to see that soon too
1: i will get to see that very soon and i'm i'm planning on having a review of it up as well
0: excellent yeah and mine won't be a review but i yeah have some stuff to say so uh, uh but i want to wait until you got to see the movie because i don't want to spoil anything for you so <laughs> Um, but you can also reach out to us individually. Lauren, where are you at?
1: I am on Twitter and Instagram at LH Business.
0: And mine on and I am on (laughs) Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) Easier for me to say. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Karen M. Peterson. So thank you all so much for listening and have a great week.
1: Bye. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish.